But you hit on Waller, and I, I did not realize his life story. I, did, I assume you know all about this life story, right? Tell me about him and, and sort of as, as a person, how far he's come. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I wish, like, I had, like, just an hour to talk about Darren Waller because, one, he is so inspiring and what he's come from. Like, he was trying to quit football. Like, he, did, he was trying to, like, get himself kicked out, like, at one point. Like, he's like, I'm done with this. You know, I don't want to do this. And to see this transformation take place in his life, you know, and, uh, you know, just the other day, I mean, I saw him in church the other day, you know, and he's trying to do everything he can to make sure he stays mentally right. You know, his heart is in the right place. And I see him like consciously trying to work towards that all the time, you know, and, and to see, to see that he, he recognizes that he had those problems and he recognized that I don't want to go back to that, you know, and he's fighting every single day. Still to this day, he still fights every day to make sure he never goes back to that. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because the way he comes to practice his mentality every single day, if I could tell our rookies or our young guys, one thing I say, guys, just, just watch Darren Waller. You want to know what it takes to make it in this league? Welcome into the Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman. And speaking of our friend, I think we're going to have uh, some good news, some good information about him coming up very soon with a new special project. We'll leave that for another day, though. Uh, we also have a fantastic podcast today. I've been waiting for a while to talk to the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. Uh, we finally made it work, which is great. We had a tremendous conversation. He's such an interesting guy. Um, has so many sort of core values, living in Las Vegas, raising a family there. And it's, uh, it was surprising for me almost his take on on being in Vegas. But uh, before we get there, I want to remind you about some really awesome stuff we've got going on at pff.com. Uh, it's fantasy season and the PFF projections and rankings are live, built on the same data that all 32 NFL teams trust in using a little machine learning and the best analyst in the entire space. They're all yours with a PFF Edge subscription for just $9.99. Also, the PFF College Football Preview Magazine, which is spectacular. <laughs> it's amazing. And the College Football Betting Guides as well, all also on pff.com and available with Edge or Elite subscriptions. Uh, and you better get your CFB bets before the rest of the world wises up and uh, comes trying to take some of your money. So we appreciate uh, all the support uh, of PFF and uh, our guys just work so hard at all this stuff. And we're glad that uh, that you're there to uh, partake and really appreciate it. Now it is time to get going here with the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. You are going to enjoy listening to Derek Carr. All right, let's welcome in uh, one of the really good guys in the game, our guy Derek Carr, and uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm almost used to saying it, and yeah. as soon as I, yeah. I say that, I look up, and there you are looking like a priest ready for this, uh, this <laughs> podcast. I'm impressed with what's going on. How are you, man? I'm doing so good. It's good to talk to you. So I, we were just chatting a little bit off the air before we got started, and you're going to Tahoe. You're, you're playing in that yeah. that celebrity tournament, and I, I've I've played in it a handful of times until I figured out that I was so dangerous to all human beings 
in a gallery. I, <laughs> I was telling you the story, but I had one shot that I'll never forget. I hit a tee shot and there was nobody watching me. You know, they're all watching all the, the big stars. So this one couple was like walking away from where we were. And I whistled this tee shot about 400 miles an hour, 10 feet off the ground. It sailed over their head, maybe three feet. I would have definitely killed either one of them that it hit. And after that, I did not want to take the club back again. I was scared to death that I was going to kill somebody out there. And I said, I go, yeah. I said, so you're going to play in it. I go, yeah. What kind of player are you? What'd you shoot today? I shot, I shot just one over today. So we'll see. Everybody we'll see hates you. Everybody hates you and, and hates all quarterbacks that can play scratch golf and have billions of dollars in hot wives. We all hate you. We do. We all hate you. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt. You can check my Twitter feed. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people. That <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's amazing. I was, so I'm, I'm, you know, this time of year, I'm, I'm reading all the magazines and I'm just doing all the studying and we're getting ready, right? I mean, football season, this is about the time of year that you're kind of going, okay, it's game back on. Let's, let's go back to work. Yep. And so I'm, I'm going through all the notes of, uh, of everything from PFF and everything else. And, and you really had a really nice season last year. You, you threw for over 4,000 yards. Uh, your offense is kind of ranked in the top 10-ish pretty much across the board, right? And you really didn't have a, a great year out of Josh. I mean, he was okay, but it went from about five yards of carry down to about 3.9 yards of carry, hurt a little bit. Your offensive line was hurt basically all year. But the defense really struggled. I mean, the defense really had a tough year. They were ranked 30th, coordinator gets hired in, or fired in the middle of the year. Um, there were some problems on that side of the ball, but it never matters. It's always about the quarterback. No matter what, if you don't make the playoffs, then somehow it's the quarterback. And you go through it, first of all, with trade rumors after trade rumors. And this year, now Aaron was on the short list to come to Las Vegas as well. I'm like, oh my God. It's like everything seems to revolve back to you eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you know how that goes. It, anytime... Anytime you don't make the playoffs, that's what they talk about. They go to the quarterback or the head coach. It's one or the other. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I talked to Aaron, you know, I know Aaron. So I was like, all right, guys, this is a, this is enough. You know, I think, I think the rumors are, are, are getting a little out of hand now, but I'm so used to it now, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I'm so used to it, to hearing them. Um, that honestly, like, it's, it's funny to say this because that used to bother me, you know, because when I was a young player, like, I cared so much about making everybody like me, you know, I was going to work hard. I was going to do things the right way. I was going to give it all that I had on the football field, try and dive over people, whatever it takes to win. And you find out that even when you do those things, you're not going to please everybody. And, and it really, I had to grow as a person, you know, uh, because I couldn't, I can't please everybody, especially as a Raider, you can't please everybody, you know? And, uh, and I had to learn that, but now, now I just enjoy it because I'm so at peace with, I know what I've put on film and I know how not only our organization, but other organizations I run into, you know, people all the time with other teams and whatever they do for those teams, you know, I'll leave that uh, in my brain. But uh, those conversations I've had with them, just the respect I get from those guys. I mean, that's what matters to me, you know, is that at the end of the day, I'm respected by the people, you know, within the business. It, it, it is an interesting Thing. So Brady was rumored to come out there too, right? I mean, I'm not wrong with this stuff, right? And I'm sure oh, yeah. you know Tom. 
So when yep. you talk to these guys, when you talk to Tom post rumors, when you talk to Aaron post rumors, how are those conversations? Oh, one, one Aaron has, uh, from, from the beginning of my career till still to this day, me and Aaron talk, I probably talked to him the most out of all the quarterbacks. Really? In the NFL. Yeah. Me and Aaron, I, he's always been someone that I could always, you know, lean on kind of like a mentor in the game. You know, he's, uh, he's someone in college I, I really looked up to and admired. And then, uh, obviously when Devonte uh, went to green Bay, I was able to connect with Aaron that way. And, uh, ever since then, I mean, at Devonte's wedding, we, you know, we're sitting next to each other at, you know, at dinner and we're talking and, you know, picking his brain. And from there, it just, uh, it, it just grew into a relationship where we, we talked, uh, you know, pretty, pretty regularly, you know, during the season too, you know, bouncing ideas off each other and stuff like that. And I'm asking him questions about coordinators. He's seen the, uh, more than I have and things like that. So uh, he's always been great to me and Aaron's always been awesome. I love Aaron. Um, he, like I said, he's always been good to me. Tom, I, I don't talk as much. He sent me his book, you know, and wrote me a little letter in there, you know. But, I told you to you eat know, avocado I, mushrooms or whatever the heck it is. Oh, yeah. Eat, eat all this stuff and all the pliability and all that. But I, I don't talk to Tom as much. But um, but every time that I have, he's been he's been awesome to me. And there's uh, obviously a great deal of respect for him, too. How, how about Devontae's comments the other day? Did you read those? Oh, so yeah. Oh, I was yeah. sitting there uh, going, Whoop! here we go. Let's get this train moving here. So <laughs> That's former right. teammate, right? How sweet was that? I, it was probably nice to have one of those hot rumors of the day in your favor, finally, instead of somebody coming to take your job. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, uh, it's nice to have those. And hopefully we can just start winning so all those rumors can go away. But, you know, uh, when Devante, you know, me and Devante are, you know, he's one of my best friends, you know, and, uh, you know, when he, when he said that and I, you know, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to full court press the guy when he's a free agent. Like, there's no doubt I'm offering whatever I got to offer. I'll buy him a car, buy whatever I got to do. I'm going to offer that man. And because I know he'd fit in great with the receivers that we have here because they're, they would just fit so well, you know, in, in that room. So uh, I'm allowed to say those things. Our organization isn't, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to say that guy's my best friend. You know, I, I think he's one of the best. He's the best receiver in the NFL. So, when he came out and said that, I mean, he, he just talked, he tells it how it is. And so I know he's focused though on being a Packer. And I know that because I see how he works. Um, I know how he works and I know how much it means to him. So he's focused on that and all, and I, honestly, I'm focused on trying to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And hopefully he's in it so I can beat his butt too, you know, and uh, you know, that's the plan. And then recruit him over to the dark side a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've had a lot of good friends. One of the more interesting conversations I think Al Michaels and I had was when you and Khalil Mack were on the same team back when you guys had a really good defense when, you know, we were, that's a different subject, but yeah. when, so you guys are really tight. I mean, like really tight, right? And yes. some of my favorite stories were like the swimming pool basketball games and the, the wars that were going on. Tell me about that relationship and yeah. how it impacted you when he got shipped off to Chicago. Yeah, you know, Khalil, Khalil again, he's one of my best friends who I, he's someone I talk to weekly, you know. Um, we're, you know, texting each other. I'm, trying to send him gifts all the time you know he's trying to send me stuff to the house for the boys or anything like that i mean he's just a great guy and um it was really when we got drafted from there on out we just have been super close and and khalil when he got traded one i couldn't believe it because you know the way it was set up you know the way i did my contract the way we set it up the way gabe jackson did his and all this kind of stuff we were setting it up to where 
uh, cap wise and all that, it'd be easy to bring Khalil in, but it didn't end up working out for whatever reasons. I, I hope to hope to know someday <laughs> and, uh, and it didn't, it didn't work out, but, uh, I know one thing is, is, uh, is I would welcome Khalil back any day because not just the player, obviously, but he's one of my best friends and, uh, I, I wish him the best, except when he plays us, uh, obviously, uh, for obvious reasons, because I'm the quarterback that he has to play against. And, <laughs> uh, but anything besides that, uh, I think he's obviously, we know he's a superstar talent, but he's, he's one of the best people in the world that he doesn't really, he doesn't, he's not out there a lot in the public eye and things like that. But if people really, really knew him and you know, got to talk to him, I think everyone in football would be a fan of that guy. Uh, he's, he's a great dude. He's just a great dude. He really is. I, I often, I was thinking about you a little bit when uh, the whole move to Las Vegas was made. Uh, you're a very faithful man, right? And here you go into Sin City and, and uh, Las Vegas, here we come. And now, effectively, you're the quarterback of Las Vegas. So in some ways, directly or indirectly, you're sort of the spokesman for that city. That's right. Give me a little bit of what that was like when you realized that you were getting ready to pick up your family and move to Las Vegas. Being a kid that grew up really in Houston, Texas and in Central Valley, California, I did not ever think I was going to live in Oakland or Las Vegas. <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't think that was a part of my life plan, but um, obviously it was, God had a different plan for me, but uh, you know, I'm here and you know, what's, you know, what's crazy about Las Vegas is when my wife and I moved here, obviously you have, I don't know it very well, um, so I didn't know what to think, but when we got here, my wife and I, and my kids, we fell in love with it. Literally everything we have the strip and obviously they have some of the best restaurants. So great date nights, my wife and I have had, there we have some great date nights and I've seen some, uh, some other people from other teams there. So I get to, you know, people are coming to Vegas. So I'm seeing people all the time that I know friends and things like that. So that's been fun. Uh, but outside the strip, what people don't know is everybody, like literally everybody knows everybody. And you go to this, my team, my kids play on this baseball team or the parents of this or, you know, have this restaurant. Oh, that's where we eat every you know Tuesday or, you know, and you just start all these connections. And what we learned is over the year, like my wife and I, we never thought this, but we were like talking about we could live here for the rest of our life. Like we really love the city of Las Vegas because it's, it's more than the strip and the partying and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, the family atmosphere that happens around the outside of that. Um, has really been awesome. And every restaurant we go to, everyone treats us like family. They really, this city, I don't know if you know anything about the the Las Vegas Knights, but this city erupted when they got the Las Vegas Knights. I mean, have just went absolutely bonkers. And now uh, when we got here, fans are starting to notice who we are because we've been here a year and things like that. And they really just wrap us up in their arms like we're family. And it's, it reminds me again of like a college atmosphere. And so it's kind of nice to have that again, like we had in Fresno. Cause you know, in the Bay area, I mean, you got, you got Steph Curry, you I mean, you got the giants, you know, you got uh, the sharks, you got the A's, you got this, you got that, you got the Niners, you got us. And then the college teams and there's so much going on. No one really cares about one team that much, you know, uh, you know, not the whole city, but here they don't care about anything else except the Raiders. And so it's been, it's been really cool to get that college vibe again. Yeah. Last year we had the pleasure of calling the second chiefs game that you guys had. The first game may have been the best game that you guys played. You'd knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. And it's interesting to that 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 game sort of personified, if you will, what what your year was. So the two years prior, 
you had, I'm going to make up a number, 10 touchdowns of 20-plus yards, something like that. Last year, I want to say you had that many in one year. You had the same as you had in two years prior. Um, you, You clearly, against Kansas City, the first time around, we're taking some big shots and hitting them. I mean, that game had to be as much fun as you yes. could possibly have. You have John Gruden and Andy <laughs> Reid, two good buddies who used to coach together. And then there was the story of taking the victory lap. And I mean, it's like all kinds of things that came out of that. And then we yeah. go back to Oakland, or <laughs> I did it again, back to Las <laughs> Vegas, and nobody in the stands, right? Yeah. An eerie silence to sit and watch that game. But again, it was another one of those shootouts that came down to Mahomes kind of got the ball last, uh, takes it down the field and wins the game. But from a television standpoint, we could hear more of the calls at the line of scrimmage than any game I've ever been associated with. And I could hear you and Patrick going back and forth. And I remember what John told me about you which was people don't know this, but Derek has a photographic memory. And he goes, it's unbelievable. He said, there was one point in a game at one time that he came out of the game. He made some check or some audible or did something. And, and John was like, what the hell was that? And you said, coach, you don't remember like on that Thursday in training camp when you told me the da, 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 he goes, what? What are you talking about? And he goes, he goes, unbelievable. You do it to him all the time. It's like, is that true? Do you really have a photographic memory? It is true. Uh, my wife would like me to have a photographic memory here at the house more than football. But uh, you, know, you occasionally forget to take the trash out. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> trash out. That's right. Uh, but yeah, with football, it's it's, uh, it's it's a blessing for sure. Like I can literally remember. I literally remember every coaching point he tells me. You know, so we were, I'll never forget. It was actually in the Minnesota game. We're playing the Vikings. And uh, I checked to this certain run. He's like, if you ever get this look against this coverage in this formation, and it was, he told me this in training camp. Hey, he said, just check to this. It'll be awesome. It'll be great. Well, we get here in like week, whatever it is. This is after training camp. We've played a couple games and we're sitting there and I get the look, I get the coverage. I said, this is exactly what he wants. And I checked to it and uh, we missed an assignment and I, I got I think it was a quarterback draw, actually. I ended up getting tackled and for like a one yard. And I come jogging off the field after the third down, and he's being rude and losing his mind and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I was like, Coach, you told me like seven weeks ago in camp on Thursday, like you told me to check for this if I ever get this. And he goes, what? And then he came back to me. He's like, I did say that to you, didn't I? I was like, yeah, you did. So, yeah, it, there's been – there's been multiple times. And once I did that, he kind of realized that I, I kind of do remember. So when I checked to something, he'll be like, all right, when did I say that? And then so I'll be like, okay, you told me to do this. Okay, yeah, we're good. All right. So it's uh, it's been great. Gruden screwed. Because now you could tell him anything because he's like me. He won't remember. He, my kids will tell me that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay, I probably did tell you that. What the heck? You, you told me to throw it deep to Waller again. That's what you told me to do. Yeah. That, that always works, by the way. You're always going to feel good doing that one anyway. That's right. Um, That's right. This is um, your your football team always seems to be somehow in the news. You know, there are things yeah. that that are going on this time. Yeah. Carl Nassib, right, comes yeah. out as the first openly gay uh, football player uh, in the history of the National Football League that announced that while still playing. Yes. Did you have any idea and. Can you give me some idea of what the reaction to that has been with your team and the locker room with you personally, whatever? 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the crazy thing is when something happens like that, obviously everyone wants to hear from me. They want to hear from me first because of my faith, right? They like, sure. I got to hear from him. Like we have to hear from him. And yeah. it's not even really that I'm the quarterback And my, my response at first was kind of like, are you just trying to get me to say something so you can use it? Or do you really care about what I think? You know what I mean? And, and I don't really respect that side of it. You know, when you really do care what I have to say and what our team has to say, like you do, like you actually care what we feel, you know, then yeah, it's easy conversation. So uh, I kind of took a second. I said, you know, I'm going to talk to Carl first because I want to tell him. And I did, I called him, I sent him a text and he answered right back. And I said, Carl, I want you to know, and I'd pull it up and read it to you if I wanted to, but to keep his business, his business. I said, Carl, I love you, bro. And I said, you know that I love you and I got your back no matter what, you're my brother. And all I wanna do is win a Super Bowl with you. And I said, if if no one else will talk to you, if and I don't think that's the case at all, but I said, if no one else has your back, if no one else will talk to you, I will always talk to you. And I will always have your back, man. I'll always be there for you, someone you can talk to. And, uh, and he reached back out and he's like, Derek, I was actually, thinking and hoping that you'd reach out, you know, and, uh, and I didn't send out a tweet and I didn't do that because this is more of a personal thing. I think, you know, to let him know that, yeah, you, you guys vote for me as captain every year and leader as a team and all that. Well, I should make a face-to-face -face conversation rather than just tweeting about it first, you know? And, and so we talked and it was great, great conversation. I love Carl to death. I, I didn't, I didn't think it or know it, uh, prior to him announcing it. Uh, when someone told me I was I was shocked, not in a good or bad way. I was just shocked, you know. I just like, oh wow, I didn't know, you know. And and once uh, once I talked to him and uh, you know, kind of heard his voice and things like that, um, things things were I wasn't as confused anymore about uh, what was going on in his mind. So um, our team has been uh, all for you know having his back. That doesn't mean everyone agrees with the lifestyle or agrees with that, but we live in a country nowadays, like people think if you don't agree, then you can't love one another and have their back. And like, that is the farthest thing from the truth, you know? And, and so there are some guys that have raised a question or two, but they all say without a doubt, we have his back and he's our brother. So if you want to mess with him, you have to go through us kind of a thing. And that's what family does is family covers one another. And so uh, we have Carl's back and I hope that I hope that no one makes it difficult for him, you know, and I'm talking about the outside coming in because inside of our building, he's going to, he's going to be loved just like uh, he's always been loved. Just like everyone on our team is always treated. Yeah. It, it's, it's so interesting how far it seems like we've all come on this issue. You know, I can even think back to Bill Clinton in the nineties, uh, sort of the don't ask, don't tell policy, which was, in many ways considered like a step forward, I guess, by, by some people or a controversial step anyway, no matter yeah. what. And it just seems like in the 20 something years, 20 plus years since then, and, and maybe my reaction would have been different, but my immediate reaction was like so many people that I know that have come out, I really felt horrible that they had to live the entirety of their adult lives knowing and not being able to tell anybody or not being able to live their lives openly. Um, yeah. And I hope it works out great for them. I really, I think it will. I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. I think we have a, we have a great group of guys and not only that, we have a mature group of guys, you know, that again, whether they agree or they don't agree, they still love him as a teammate, love him as a brother. You know what I mean? And so, um, again, 
we live in a society sometimes that if you don't say it this way or think this way, then we just kind of cancel everybody. I don't agree with you. Then you go that way and we go, well, that's not football. Football is family. And what family does in my experience, no matter what you're up to or what you think is this or right or wrong, family has each other's back at any moment. And I think that's what my favorite thing about football is, is that we can take anyone who thinks this way or believes this way, and we can all come together for one common goal. And that's to win Super Bowl. That's what we're trying to do. And so um, I think it's going to be great for Carl. I think he's going to, he'll, he'll be just fine as long as he continues to give great effort like he does and, uh, you know, uh, go uh, do his thing on the football field. I don't think it'll be a problem at all. You guys go eight and eight a, a season ago. Um, you had some really horrible collapses coming down the stretch particularly on defense. I don't think I'll ever forget watching the Miami game. Uh, and the third day, whatever it was, the the throw down the boundary, there's just like no way that thing gets fit in there. But you guys had about three of those kind of losses late in the year that really almost ended any hope for you guys making the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it was tough. And and I, I've I've been on the other end of that where we can't get a first down and it you know it's hard every week you know you have to answer the questions you know everyone's mad at the offense you know our defense is getting some turnovers and it's like it's frustrating you know and I know that and so I guess my role in all that was I we could all see it wasn't there was some times of struggle and things like that so my job was just to make sure those guys knew that that man, we cared about them and that we needed them. You know, sometimes you get that, man, they don't need me. Man, you know, they, you get in that mindset of, of man, I'm not cutting it or things like that. It's, that's not the case ever. This is the ultimate team game, you know? And as many times as um, we went down on a two minute drive to score and uh, you know, things like that. And sometimes they didn't get the job done, but there were times they did get the job done, you know? And it wasn't as pretty as they had liked, but it, it never usually, you know, is when you turn the film on anyway, even if it's a good day. So my, my job was just to continue to encourage those guys um, because I've been there. I know that feeling and it sucks, man. It's not fun. Uh, but I think, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not into predictions or anything like that, but I, I just say I'm excited to see what they bring to the table this year. Cause I know, um, and, and you know, with football players, when you get your back against the wall and uh, you know, people are saying this or saying that you, you do one of two things, you either give into it or you fight back and, I'm kind of excited to watch those guys fight. Um, 21 sacks uh, on the year, 15 takeaways, less than a takeaway per game is just not going to get it done in this league. So uh, mm -hmm. Gus Bradley comes in, takes over for Paul Gunther. Um, mm -hmm. And Gus, you just go, okay, Seattle, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Seattle cover three kind of thing. Think of mm -hmm. Richard Sherman. You think of all the different things. Um, have, what have you seen so far working against your defense now? There were a ton of free agents brought in. There were a ton of draft picks brought in on the defensive side as well. How, how did some of the OTAs, how did it, some of it look? Are you starting to get a, a different feel out of that defense? Yeah, you know, anytime there's a, a new voice or a, a new scheme, there's a there's always a new energy, right? There's always an excitement. There's always that. And uh, there has to be, you know, because, you know, it's what it takes. This is our job. So we're going to take this voice. We're going to run with it. And one thing I know about going against Gus, right? And one thing uh, I've seen now being on the same team as Gus and on the same practice field is I, I, I've always known he's a really good coach. But when I got to watch him in person, you know, most defense coordinators, you know, they're 
they're on the scheme and they, you know, hey, oh, you got hey, you got to make this check if it's this split or this motion, you know, that thing. He, and he's on that stuff. But I haven't seen a defense coordinator as locked in and I would say hold people to such a standard of their fundamentals on each snap and 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 the tackling and 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 the fit and I mean he is on them every single play and it is impressive because the way he can bring it every day and the way he brings his energy every day and you know I'm sure you've talked to Gus and sure. he's that he's he's literally that same way every second of the day and I'm like I don't know how you do it man like yeah that's impressive you know and I'm an ultra positive guy and I can't be that way every day you know that's that's impressive Gus but he he is exactly who I thought he was, but it, beyond the scheme and beyond the past and beyond all those things and going against him and him forcing you to check the ball down and it's frustrating and it's annoying because they're playing cover three, but the way they do it, you have to check it down. It's annoying. But um, the thing with him that has been the most impressive is in the on the field, play after play, down after down consistency of him making sure everything is correct. And uh, I, I've just been blown away by that, that, uh, that he can really bring it like that every day. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's even more frustrating when you, you know, you, you lose uh, Nelson Aguilar, who really was the guy that ended up being your big play threat uh, a season ago. Everybody thought it would be Henry Ruggs, of course, still probably will be this season. One of the really athletic, fast guys to come out in the draft last year, the top receiver uh, in that draft. But he really got caught in one of those unfortunate situations with COVID, lack of training camp, you know, trying to learn Gruden's offense, which I'm sure didn't come to you overnight, even though you have a photographic memory. Tell me about the journey of rugs and what losing Aguilar might mean to this offense this year. Yeah. N Nelly is a guy. That's my brother. I you liked that. him. I know you liked him a lot. Oh, I love that man. Oh my goodness. When he, when he came in day one, and obviously I played played in college, and I watched him. You know, I'm a football fan, so I knew about him. But when he showed up and ran his first route, I was like, "This dude is special." You know, you see why he's a first round pick. And you know, I, I love him. I'm gonna miss him. Um, I know he made a lot of money, so I'm happy about that. You know, we we got on the phone and celebrated about that. You know, he he you know he when he signed up, I, I'll tell you this just about his personality and his character. He called me and said, "Thank you." Like, I was like, bro, you don't have to thank me for anything. You're the one that did the work. But he, he called me and was like, bro, thank you for helping me do this, man. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, I was like, bro, you're, you're a plus all over the board. Right. And, uh, I, my goal is to help everyone do that, you know, but he's gone and we wish him the best anytime, except he plays us. Uh, but, um, what an opportunity it is for Henry now, right? He's, he, he got to watch Nelly work every day and, consistent grind of what Nelly would bring to the table, not just in practice, you know, that man practices like a, uh, like a racehorse, man. He runs all day, but the way he would go about his business in the meeting room and that, and Henry, there's a, there's something that happened. I don't know what it is. And I knew he had it in him because Henry is a dog. Like he's not just one of those fast track guys. Like he is a football player and uh, something lit, uh, you know, clicked in, in, in his brain or something that, man, he came out with a mentality that I'm like, man, this is, this, this can be exciting. When you use that four, two speed with that mentality, this could be really exciting. Then we add John Brown and we have Zay Jones. who I think I promise you, he probably runs four, two now. I mean, that guy's the hardest worker I've ever seen. And now we have all this speed. You got Brian Edwards, you got Hunter in the slot, you got Willie Sneed and all these guys. I'm, I'm going to stop naming them or else I'm going to forget somebody, but you got all these guys and what an opportunity it is for them now, because they saw 
that if they worked hard and they did it in practice, they can show me in practice. I'll trust you in the game. That's for sure. And uh, our hardest workers, you know, on the practice field are always Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones. Well, when they're in the game, somehow they end up getting the ball, you know, and there's no secret, you know, just go out there and bust your tail. So I think it gives a great opportunity for these guys, especially Henry to be like, I'm, I'm going to be the guy now. And I'm, I'm really excited to watch his growth this year. It's going to be fun. They um, probably the most interesting part for me watching the the Raiders is John is always looking for that right offensive line combination, right? And mm-hmm. and despite the fact that you throw for four thousand yards, it, somewhere in his gut is a little bit of a defensive coordinator mindset. If he can control the ball, running the football with a powerful offensive line and play action off of it, and, you know that's. It's all in there. It's all in there somewhere. And once again this year, we're doing the great reshuffle here, right, uh, on the offensive line. And so, so you know, the Rodney Hudson's of the world, ar- arguably the best pass-blocking center that we've seen in a, in a decade. Trent Brown uh, is, is um, now out of there. Gabe Jackson, who is such a cornerstone on that offensive line. As you now start over again and look at this, um, tell me your thoughts on this new offensive line. Maybe start with the with uh, Andre James. Is that right? The uh, the young center that that you've got going in there. It's a big role to fill. You know, I mean, Gabe was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be one thing. We're talking about those guys, Rodney, Trent, and Gabe. Those. Again, those are my brothers, man. I love those guys, and I'm going to miss them. You know, we've you know played many games together. Um, but the thing I say this is, as you know, covering our games and watching us, uh, we had we've had a lot of injuries, you know, up front. And yeah. uh, the the bad thing is, is those guys were hurt. The good thing is, is the guys that are coming now have played a lot of football for us. You know, it's not like I'm looking face-to-face with brand new guys who I've never played with. You know, I, I'm still, I still got Colt Miller. I got Richie Incognito. Got Andre, who I've played games with. I got uh, Denzel Good, who's a phenomenal player. And then Alex, who, yeah, he's a rookie, but we'll just let time tell and let him, let his play do the talking. Right? Well, we'll circle back we'll, to him in one second, but go ahead. We'll, we'll go back to him. But, uh, but, but when I get in that huddle and I see them at practice and I watch them work, it's not – it's not anything where I'm like, I don't know these guys, you know, uh, who uh, do we have a chance, you know, as the quarterback would think, right. Or am I going to have to be running all over the place, making plays, which if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. But with Andre, he's, uh, he's someone that our, our, our organization has been excited about for three years now, you know, and, and for him to have this opportunity, I mean, he got to learn from the best center, you know, in the NFL and he got the opportunity to watch him and learn and, uh, you know, take in. And he did, you know, he would sit there and he would listen. He would learn. He, he would gravitate towards Rodney because he knew that his day would come at some point. And well, here we are, you know, we knew it would come sometime. You just never know when. Right. But we're here now. And I'm very excited for him. I mean, we got Nick Martin also, you know, yeah. Nick, Nick was someone who has played a lot of football, super smart, super tough, a uh, heck of a player. And uh, I'm excited about him too. I mean, these, these two guys, uh, again, one thing about Coach Gruden is he's going to watch the film and he's going to see who's tough and he's going to see who will, not who will, not who only can block, but who wants to block, right? And uh, I think he's found, found a group of guys that he likes in those positions. You, you, you hit on it uh, probably every year, no matter what, the Raiders pick is like scrutinized and what are they doing? And, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. 
So Alex yep. Leatherwood, not many people had him going that high in, in the in the draft um, mm-hmm. because of some pass blocking concerns. I think when you watch him run block, you you see a powerful man. I mean, this is this is a classic overpowering, you know, what Alabama, you can just see it. Right. And he yeah. is all that. He did have some struggles in pass protection. I don't know if you went back and watched any of it or not. Um, and, and it was just mostly like every young tackle comes in this game, the speed of the NFL and those pass rushers is stunning. I mean, it is just stunning when you see it for the first time. How's he doing? What do you think the plan is for him? Tell me something about him as a guy. Yeah, uh, Alex is someone, he's very quiet. He, he stays uh, so laser focused and locked in during practice. It excites you because if, I don't think he will, but if if he were to fail at this, it wouldn't be because of a lack of effort. It wasn't because he was making dumb decisions. It's not going to be because of that. You know, this guy genuinely cares about making sure that he proves the organization right for picking it, you know, and the mentality that he brings in that huddle, you can, you can feel it, you know, the confidence he brings. And uh, the, like you said, he's a powerful man. So when he steps up, you're like, geez, this guy is not only powerful, but he's crazy athletic on the edge, you know, and that's exciting. So uh, yeah, he, you know, left tackle, you know, uh, you know, what he did, you know, Obviously, he won't probably start over left tackle by Colton. You know, he'll probably go to the right side and, yeah. you know, play over there, which, um, you know, that'll probably be uh, better for him. But like you said, that speed of that pass rush, I know for me, I was like, they didn't rush like this in the Mountain West. You know, I saw it. Demarcus Lawrence you know, did, you know, but that was about it. You know, these other guys didn't didn't as much. And so, uh, you know, when when he gets to line up against Max Crosby every day and Yannick, and see that speed coming at him, he's going to get a thousand reps against these guys. And Yannick, I compare the speed uh, like Vaughn off the edge. Yeah. You know, they, they, those two, their get off is second to nobody. You know, it's, it's really impressive. So uh, he's going to see, he's going to see that all camp. And, you know, Yannick, Yannick's either going to ruin practice for us or, or we're going to be able to, you know, Alex is going to uh, grow and learn and, uh, we'll be able to see, you know, what we have. So uh, it's going to be good competition. But he, uh, I know, I know from other teams and other guys that were kind of hoping Alex would fall to them later in the first round. So um, you know, people are like, well, we should have got him in the second. Well, I, he was, wouldn't have been there, you know. So it's uh, it's crazy how things work out. And we ended up getting, you know, the safety out of TCU in the second round, which is someone who they wanted us to get in the first round. So like, well, that, that was good. You know, can we celebrate that? You know, so was, that's that's good. what our that's what our guys were saying. If they had just switched the two picks. And yeah, taken, yeah. everybody would have gone great draft they they nailed it <laughs> <laughs> they flip-flopped it so who knows Never, right. nobody ever knows what's going on right. there's not a person it's sort of like um people who played for mike ditka always have ditka stories right i i was with mike ditka i worked with him in the early days back in the studio with at nbc and Mike Ditka, I mean, we all know the screaming and yelling kind of stuff, right? And But Mike Ditka, no matter who he came across, if it was somebody doing something for him, there was literally a guy that would show up at the NBC studio every Sunday morning for our pregame show and just open the door for Mike. And Mike mm-hmm. give him $100. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. The dudes yeah. that do the that would stop the cars and do the swipe and, and squeegee your your windshield or whatever. I mean, he wasn't even driving. 
it was, you know, we're in the back seat and somebody's driving us to the studio. He'd roll down the window and give the guy $100. One of the most generous human beings I have ever met in my life. And for Christmas, I sent him, I was working with he and Joe Gibbs. And for Christmas, I sent him, them both, a, a Christmas card. And I just wrote a little note in there. Hey, I just... So thankful to you two guys, legendary coaches, but you guys treat me like an equal and I've had a blast and I've learned so much football and da, 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 all that kind of stuff in there. And he goes, uh, this is, so I come back in the studio the next time and he stops me and he goes, Hey, I read your card. I cried. And he turned around and walked away. I was like, what? <laughs> what? I go, wait a minute, man. You're like Mike Ditka. Are you, what are you telling me here? But, I mean, yeah. he was that kind of guy, that kind of thing. And you've got one of those guys. You've yeah. got John, right? And and everybody has seen some take on John, <laughs> right? And, and we all know some story. I just want to hear a little bit of what your life is like on a daily basis because he holds quarterbacks to a standard that I'm not sure any human being on earth could ever live up to. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, the beautiful thing about him, I think there was a game, I, I maybe missed three, maybe four passes in a game. We threw it 30 something times. And uh, we, I mean, we, we lit it up, it was awesome. We come in the next day and he, uh, you know, he gives me a little fist bump. He's like, great job. And he, uh, he sits down and he goes, now we're going to spend the next hour and a half talking about the three you missed. <laughs> like, let's go, <laughs> you know, like this. But like, it, it's literally the demand is so high, you know, that that as we just continually get better, which under him, we just keep getting better. It's awesome. And hopefully we can take another step. It'd be great. Um, but as we continually just go after the, the unbelievable demands and things that he asks of us, you find yourself on a bad day completing, you know, 87% of your passes in practice instead of all of them, you know, and, and you'll go through a whole practice and you'd be like, yeah, I completed every pass today, <laughs> you know, and, and, but he acts like it's completely normal, but he knows inside, like, this is awesome, you know, and uh, that's just how he is. And, uh, you know, we, we chart every throw, we, you know, we get lists of our completion percentage and practice during training camp, live reps, all this kind of stuff. And, and if I miss one, he's like, Hey, good job today. He's like, but I can't believe you missed that throw. It's like, you got to get like three more of those after practice. You know, I'm like, yes, yeah, sir. You're right. You're right. I can't believe I missed it either. And, uh, he, but that's how he is. But the one thing people, yeah, I'll, I'll share this story with people. You know, when I, when I broke, uh, you know, Mr. Stabler's, you know, all time passion, you know, yards record and the touchdown record. Right. This is something I dreamed of is like, when I got drafted, I was like, man, one day that'd be so cool. Well, one day happened, you know, and, and I did that and, you know, you know, everyone, when I came to sideline, you know, pat you on the head, good job, all that. But I didn't really hear anything else about it, which to be honest, I didn't really care to hear anything else about it. We lost the game, you know, like, I, okay, cool. You know, it's cool for my kids someday, but in that moment, it didn't mean much to me, but he was the only person I'll tell you this in the whole organization, the whole, only person he went and had footballs made for me himself. He did this himself had footballs made for me painted and it says, you know, Raiders career, you know, touchdown record, Raider, Raiders all time leading passer. And he had the numbers on there and the game and the date. And he said, Derek, I can't tell you how thankful I am, you know, to be, to be able to be a part of that. And I just want to, I just wanted to give these to you as a gift. And I was like, dude, thank you so much. He's like, no, I love you, man. Thank you for everything. He's like, 
now let's try and go get 20,000 more, you know, like, he's, you know, he's like, all right, that's enough of that. Now let's go get 150 more touchdowns, you know, but, um, but people don't see that. They don't get to see that side of it. You know, they don't get to see that in his mind, he's like, no, we need to respect what just happened. Like this is the Raiders, man. You know, this is pretty cool. And so he ended up doing that for me and I'll never forget that. Like it's the coolest thing to this day that anyone, you know, and that, a lot of people in that building have done some cool, cool things for me, but that's the coolest thing because he, he still like weeks later was like, no, this, this is the right thing to do. And I just want to make sure you have this. So uh, he's, yeah, I can tell you a hundred more stories about him like that. I could also tell you a hundred more of him, you know, ripping me a new one, you know, in practice, but, uh, but everyone has seized those. <laughs> That's what uh, Lou Holtz used to say. He said, the only thing I'm afraid of is that someday I walk out on that practice field and they're not afraid of me. I want them <laughs> to have the easiest thing that happens to them in their entire life is they get to get in the huddle on game day and look around at each other and go, thank God that son of a bitch has to stand on the sideline now. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's real. That's good. <laughs> they, uh, but to talk about the completion percentage that you have, 68.8% completion percentage since 2019. Uh, that's uh, second in the National Football League. So you guys are going to hit a higher percentage of it. The one thing I did want to ask you about specifically, we brought it up a little bit earlier, was mm -hmm. the deep passing. Because yeah. the it, two years prior, you had the same number of deep touchdown passes as you had a, a year ago. John actually brought up PFF in a in a meeting one time. A lot of people bring it up, but this was in a press conference, and basically he was kind of making fun a little bit. I know PFF wants us to throw it deeper more often, give Derek more of a chance, da, da, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. you did. I mean, last year you did, and and I I think you would say it worked out, right? I mean, it was a definite enhancement to that offense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, as you know, uh, there's there's a lot of things that go into that. For, you know, really two things off the top of my head. You got to have time to do it. You know, uh, you got to have time to do it. And then you also, um, also, you have to have the guys that can go get them. You know, you got to have guys, we can't just be throwing 50-50 balls. We need guys that can actually win, you know, down the field. And um, since Gruden has got here, I think we've all seen him try and bring in speed, you know, try and bring in guys that can roll because, I mean, that's what the Raiders, you know, are known for, throwing, <laughs> throwing the deep pass, Daryl LaMonica, you know, and those guys just chucking the ball. And, and, uh, and, and so when we got, you know, Nelson and we got Henry and uh, Zay was there and, you know, we got these guys and Waller obviously is a freak show. He runs a 4-3 at two safety, you know, whatever. It's, it's crazy. Um now we have now we in, in our minds we can we can it's not just a 50 50 here let's give it a chance it's really like a calculated this is the matchup this is the matchup okay we want that matchup you go shred him and Derek will hit you you know and and that's the expectation and and when, once we got those pieces and once we had time to do it up front i mean then we i mean then we let it go you know if you think about a couple of years ago i mean we were starting two rookie tackles you know we were you know shifting guys all throughout the inside of the line well we didn't have a lot of time, a lot of sacks, you know, so we had to get completions to move the ball, you know, and then, you know, we go, we're looking for speed at receiver. So finally this year we had Nelly and Henry and those guys and we could do that. So, um, you know, it, it's all a part of Gruden's plan, you know, and whatever he asked me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Like whatever he asks of me, this is what we're doing. That's the place I'm looking to get us into. That's what we're doing. 
And so, um, and I, I think that's good. That's good for my job security for my kids. You know, if I do what he wants me to do. So, uh, I'm going to keep doing that at, at the highest level I possibly can, but you obviously saw a noticeable difference in, and really, and really our minds and our, in our, and in, in, in his plays and in my mindset that he wanted me to have that, Hey, when we get certain looks, let's go ahead and take it over the top. And hopefully we can continue that. Hopefully these guys that we brought in, obviously smoke John Brown, he can roll Henry say all those guys, we can go do that again this year. That'd be awesome. But you hit on Waller and I, I did not realize his life story. I, I assume you know all about this life story, right? Of yes. just how far he has had to come in his personal life. And yeah. here he's blessed with all these gifts. I mean, running four three at 250 or 60 pounds and six foot six of them or, or whatever. How many, and you guys are always like putting him on the single side and, hey, you want to leave a safety in the middle of the field? <laughs> he's getting the ball. It doesn't take a great mind to figure out where that thing's going. Tell me about him and, and sort of as, as a person, how far he's come. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I wish, like, I had, like, just an hour to talk about Darren Waller because, one, he is so inspiring in what he's come from. Like, he was trying to quit football. Like, he, did, he was trying to, like, get himself kicked out, like, at one point. Like, he's like, I'm done with this. You know, I don't want to do this. And to see this transformation take place in his life, you know, and, uh, you know, just the other day, I mean, I saw him in church the other day, you know, and he's trying to do everything he can to make sure he stays mentally right. You know, his heart is in the right place. And I see him like consciously trying to work towards that all the time, you know, and, and to see, to see that he, he recognizes that he had those problems and he recognized that I don't want to go back to that, you know, and he's fighting every single day. Still to this day, he still fights every day to make sure he never goes back to that. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because the way he comes to practice his mentality every single day, if I could tell our rookies or our young guys, one thing I say, guys, just, just watch Darren Waller. You want to know what it takes to make it in this league. Obviously not all of you are going to have some of the freakish talents that he has, but you have enough because you're here. Just watch that man go about his business because He's the hardest worker on the practice field, the absolute hardest worker. Every single time we have a special teams, he's with me running more routes. And I tell these young guys, I was like, you guys, you know, if you want the ball and you want these things, there's no secret where it's going. If you look during a special teams period, me and Darren Waller are over there, you know, sweating profusely because we're working on routes that are in the game plan that week. You know, I think, I think you can probably know where the ball is going to go because there's timing, there's trust, all those things. And he works his tail off. He's freakishly talented. I'll never forget, we had a three-play stretch where we handed him a fly sweep, a uh, four-play stretch. We handed him a fly sweep. We ran the ball at him, and he caved the defensive end all the way down into the A-gap. Then we asked him to pass set against a premier rusher, and he passed set one-on-one, won the whole whole rep. And then the next, we threw him a 30-yard seam ball down the down the middle, and he went for like 40. And I was like, I was like, if this isn't the best football player in the NFL, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much. You know, this is unbelievable that he can do all of these things. And so, uh, again, if I had an hour, I could talk about him. I'm not going to kill the podcast like that. But he, if you, you can't tell already, I'm just so proud of him and what he's doing. Like, like throwing him the ball is one of the greatest joys of my life because I just get to, I get to witness his story develop every time he catches one. And it's, it's just awesome. Final question for you. You, your life after football. Yeah. You, you, you're, 
you're a bit of a renaissance man. You like you like things beyond football, and you have bigger expectations for you, your family, your kids. I know both your kids are going to be like major league baseball pitchers, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. And but where do you see yourself in twenty years? What, what what would you want to do? How do you want to impact the world around you? Well, you know, we you know we try. I try my best now during football to impact it. You know. You know, there's ways financially that we can impact. Like, you know, I get texts all the time from a missionary friend of ours who's in Haiti and building churches and schools in Haiti and the Dominican. And I get to see that impact, but I, I'm excited to be hands-on, you know. Like, it's one thing to give money and you know exactly where it's going to help certain things, but it's another thing to, like, do something, you know. And, and so it's fun for this time being, but I just see myself, I don't know what it'll be, but I'll be serving in some kind of capacity, you know. I don't know if it's, I know one, I know I'll be preaching. I know that I'll be doing that. I already do that, you know, all over the world, all over the country, you know, and I preach in Haiti and different places. People are asking me now all the time, you know, almost every Sunday, if I wanted to, I could book every Sunday, you know, but I have to have a home life a little bit. And, uh, and so I know I'll be doing that, but also coaching is a passion of mine. I don't know at what level, um, you know, I don't know if I have the patience for some high schoolers, you know, I don't, I definitely don't want to do college, especially with all the rules now, you know, I don't, I definitely don't want to do that, but never say never, but we'll see, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely could see myself coaching because I can impact those men as well, you know, in their lives and give them the knowledge and the, hopefully some photographic memory is still a part of my brain in 20 years that I can, I can help them out a little bit. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I think, I think honestly, but the biggest joy of my life is if, is if my kids grow up, they love the Lord and they're, they're given everything they have to whatever job they have. And they love the people around them. I mean, that, I think, you know, that too, like, honestly, that would be just my greatest joy if my kids are more successful than me, you know, and as a dad of four now, which is crazy uh, at 30, I, it goes fast. I got some gray hairs in my beard now, but uh, as, as this has taken place and football is awesome and I still have so much football left in me, I'm only 30, you know, and my body feels great. Um, I think no matter what I could even accomplish in football wouldn't be good enough compared to my kids being successful. So I'm going to give this everything I have and until the wheels fall off or in, until, until my wife says, okay, that's enough. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do this until then. But uh, when I'm done, I'll probably be preaching, coaching, and really just helping my kids be as successful as they possibly could be. It has been a pleasure, my friend, and I appreciate you taking a little bit of time. I know you've got a million things you could be doing right now. I appreciate the time and uh, really look forward to watching another Kansas City matchup next year. Those were the two best I saw. They were great, great games. So can't wait to see you again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Always good to talk to you. Well, thanks to Derek and thanks so much to you for tuning in today and I tell you, I, I think Derek Carr, I think the Raiders have a legitimate shot. What I saw against them with the Chiefs last year, they can play with anybody. So a defense gets fixed, who knows? But don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give it any five-star review you want. <laughs> I'm always told to say that. We'll see you next time with another great episode right here on the Chris Collinsworth Richard Sherman Podcast. <laughs>